The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast, everybody. This episode is recorded on October 29th, 2020. This is episode 70. I'm one part of the team. My name is Joe Becker. Welcome to the show. And with me, as always, is my good friend... Michael Diaz. Michael Diaz. How are you, Michael Diaz? It's almost like, oh, was I thinking of was a character that popped into my head when you said that for some reason. Sifo Diaz? Sifo? Yeah, Sifo yeah, Diaz from uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh, he yeah. Ordered, he, he, he ordered the clones. That's right. That's right. Good so that's call, Joe. Your, nickname. Your, your new nickname is now Sifo Diaz. No, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> nope. How are you? I'm good. It's a good week. A lot of exciting stuff, especially with uh, Mandalorian. As we record this, the Mandalorian will be out tomorrow. Within hours, I would think. Within, well, I guess anything is within hours if you've got the time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you were saying before the podcast started, is Disney going to release at midnight? Because now I'm tempted yeah. to stay up. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I was trying to find where it says it was going to roll out and what time it was going to roll out. Um, and it's it's not saying, at least I'm not finding it. Um, but I do have the schedule of when shows are coming out. But I don't have, um, I don't have the time when it's actually going to be released. Like at what time of night or what time in the morning. I think last year, I don't think it was midnight. I think it was like. Wasn't like five in the morning or something? Yeah, it was like five in the morning, like five or six in the morning. Because I know when I get up, it was there. But, um, but I, I, I mean, that's what I remember. But maybe it was prior. I don't know. It seems like a lifetime ago for some reason. With everything that's gone on in the world, like it just feels like it's been forever. I know. And it really, and it really hasn't. You know, it's been almost a year, which is nothing. I mean. <laughs> You get a Star Wars movie every five years or whatever, right? So now it's, you know, for once, it feels, it's quick, but it doesn't feel that quick. It's very strange. I mean, can more things come on? This this has got to be the most converging weekends in a long time, or at least the next four days, five days. You know, Mandalorian and this thing called voting. <laughs> it's happening <laughs> next week. Kind of important. Uh, yeah, please vote. Please, please vote. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on this week. We have um, a bunch of news and little things. And let's, uh, Michael, get you started on the uh, major news bit since you uh, put the first couple things on there. Uh, well, the first thing I put is that apparently November is going to be Star Trek month at Amazon. So they're going to be selling all kinds of like Star Trek stuff. Like, it's interesting because obviously, if you have CBS All Access, you can access all the Star Trek shows. But um, if, excuse me, it's uh, Paramount, I believe. No, didn't they change the name? No, it's Paramount. They haven't rebranded yet. That'll be oh, next okay. summer, I think. Oh, when they go broke, got it. <laughs> 
So for now, it is CBS All Access. So if you already have that, then yes, you already have access to all the Star Trek stuff, like all the shows. But if you don't, I guess you're going to be doing a month of sales on Star Trek stuff, like, you know, Discovery Seasons 1 and 2, all the... Uh, so they're selling, they're going to sell digital uh, video on Amazon? Or I thought is they it were like, Blu-ray sales. Or is it books and toys and that kind of shit? Uh, that's, I don't know how many toys they're doing for Star Trek right now, but definitely doing Blu-ray sets. Like I said, uh, you, you'll be able to get Seasons 1 and 2 at Discovery, Season 1 at Picard, and then as always, the you know, the complete... Um, series DVD, mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine and Voyager, which those will never come to Blu-ray, so don't hold your breath if you're a geek like me. <laughs> well, it just not to get too into it, but they did remaster all of the Next Generation. That's Blu-ray. pretty cool. That's good. So it's all colored nice and probably re, is it reformatted to sixteen by nine? I think so. I mean, they, and they also went through and touched up the special effects. I wonder what they do for for recutting it for sixteen by nine since it wasn't shot that way. So they they must have digitally extended scenes. No, no, it was shot that way. They shot at sixteen by nine back then for a square TV. I believe so because I think it was white. It was. I don't think it was. It was uh, black boxed or what you know on television. I don't remember that. I think it was. Now I have to go back and prove you wrong, but I can't right now. But yeah, okay. um, from my understanding, and like, like I said, I'm not the Star Trek guru. You are from my understanding. Show. Well, yeah. <laughs> my understanding is that they did, and that's why they could uh, go back and remaster it so well. Because um, they actually shot it on film that way. Now, the problem is, in later seasons, like with Deep Space Nine and Voyager, I believe they went straight to video, or straight to digital. So they don't have the films. So to remaster it... And Even they shot digitally. They didn't. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. They shot digitally. So I thought it's not as easy to go back and remaster because... It's always easy to remaster they digital. They, There's no film to remaster. I, I, no, I it. Yeah, you can recolor digital. I mean, that you know for sure it's easier to, to remaster digital. I'm going to have to look it up. But I thought they may have only filmed it in a certain aspect for TV, whereas right that which is I thought Next Generation was, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to go find out. So that's my project this week. I'm going to report back next week to find out what the deal all right. Is. I know people are just so dying to know um, Star Trek. So what are, you, what are you looking forward to on this? You are know you what? Buy anything? I'm debating. Here's the thing: I've seen Discovery seasons one and two now. Yep. I don't. Okay, it's like comic books, right? I moved from single issues to trades, and I've seen seasons one and two, and I really liked them. Mm-hmm. But now at this point, I know it's smarter just to wait until they do a box set of the entire thing because it'll be cheaper in the long run. So yeah, I don't you know. know. I think the, only, the really reason to buy these things is if they give you a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, which is what I like. That's why I bought the um. The extended Blu-rays for uh, Lord of the Rings and that kind of thing because they I like the making of stuff. I like watching those things and I watch them more than once. You know, I still watch Empire of Dreams because I, you know, when I bought the the DVD first DVD version of Star Wars when it came out and it had the Empire of Dreams, which is now streamable on Disney Plus. But um, it's just fun to watch. Or you know, once a year I'll throw it in. It's like, oh yeah. 
Um, but if you get all that stuff, that's that's what's worth it. Because I don't know if they're going to stream all that and see, you know, on, on all access or not. But that would be, you know, a nice thing to get on that. Agreed. And I'm sure there's some behind the scenes, at least for Picard, because that was such a big deal that he was coming back. Right. But, uh, I mean, that's all interesting. But again, I know these are new series. I would prefer to wait and get a collected series package. So I probably won't buy anything, except maybe, maybe, I have been eyeing the film collections, because I don't have them all. I actually have all the Star Trek films. The 10-movie Stardate collection. Yes. Right. But you can throw every you can throw all the um even all the odd ones out, right? Isn't that the rule? <laughs> and number ten. Number ten's awful too. <laughs> Which is funny, I already own them all on DVD. I could probably use those and do like a you know disc to digital conversion and pay a couple three bucks per movie and have them, you know, in HD digitally instead, but Do they uh, still do that? I think Voodoo still does. Got it. I think. Anyway, so yeah, Star Trek Month on Amazon. Uh, there are going to be a bunch of sales, a bunch of Star Trek stuff. Check it out if you're tricky. Cool. All right, next bit of news. So, Oscar Isaac apparently is coming back to the Marvel Universe. I say coming back because technically in X-Men he played Apocalypse in the movie that no one saw or should have seen. But <laughs> Well, yeah. Olivia Munn was in it. Right. Well, is that a selling point? For me, sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm going to uh, try not to sound like a pig. She's in a very track. She's in a very attractive woman. She seems very intelligent. Yeah, she's great. She's she's funny. I like her. I think she's fantastic. I have not yet been impressed with her acting ability. Oh, dude, then you haven't seen um, uh, the news thing on HBO. She was great on that. Was she? Then I... Yeah, she was fantastic. Then I take back what I said. So, yeah. my bad. Not trying to diss. But anyhow, we're off track. Uh, Oscar Isaac is coming back <laughs> to the as fully into the MCU as Moon Knight for a, no, for a show on Disney+. Plus. Are you happy with that? You know the character. I don't. Yes. I, I think Oscar Isaac character. is a great, is, is a great actor. Um, but... You know, I don't know the character. I think, you know, you, you know the character. So you think, I think it's good casting? I think so. I think Oscar Isaac could play anyone. I honestly can't think of someone else I'd rather see in the role. So I'm not not upset that he was selected. I'm, I'm happy you selected. I mean, it's not like something like, you know, like Chris Evans. He is getting mm-hmm. right? That's perfect casting. Um, right. Well, they almost had John Krasinski, you know. I think he would have done fine, but honestly, well, we don't, we don't, we we, we don't know, right? I mean, I'm, right. I think he's a good actor too. Just it would have been a different character. It would have been different, right? But just looking at Krasinski, I think he'd make a awesome Captain or Mister Fantastic. Oh yeah, he would be cool. Sorry, we were, I know this is this is fun though. I like this. Yeah. So anyway, Moon Knight coming to Disney Plus now. That's the, they're in talks. It's still nothing completely hundred percent. But it seems like it's on its way. Which uh, Moon Knight is a C level, maybe even D level hero that is getting some love, and the comics are giving him some love now too. There's this big crossover going on in Avengers, all about him 
in the age of Kanshu, who is the Egyptian, you know, god he worships or gets the powers from, yada, yada, yada. Everyone has that comic book, every comic book geek, I should say, has that comic character that they're like, yes, I love him, and they can't really explain it. I mean, yeah, everyone loves Wolverine, or, you know, everyone loves, you know, Spider-Man or Superman. Everyone has a favorite that's in the big leagues, you know what I mean? A-listers. Moon mm-hmm. Knight, I found him. I was a kid. I found him in the quarter box. I bought a handful of issues and was hooked. And went back and bought every single issue I could in the quarter box on Moon Knight. And for some reason, I've loved him ever since. Even though I, I fully know he's a C or D level character. But for me, super exciting. This is on par for Green Lantern. That's how geek time. Wow. Okay. Well, there's some, I, I did read some backlash that, you know, um, I guess the character is, happens to be Jewish and because Oscar Isaac isn't, they're a little upset that they couldn't find a Jewish actor um, to play him. Uh, I did read some of that today, but you know, I, me, I, I, I think acting is acting and I don't think it matters personally, but I know it's starting to matter for a lot of people. Um, but I think that's the point of acting now. You know, anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. I wasn't sure if you, if you heard that or not, or if it matters or. I had, to me, it doesn't matter. But then again, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Jewish. So. Right. I guess, and I guess I didn't realize that he was Jewish, the comic book character. I I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about the character until I started reading some of that stuff. Um, but. But, you know, I don't know if it's a huge backlash, just something that, you know, the internet's always got to throw shit out there to get people fucking arguing over something, right? Right. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Represent, representation matters. Oh, for sure. So. For sure. I can see why some people would be, you know, upset or, you know, have issue with that. But, then again, but if they, I guess what I'm saying is if they acknowledge it in the show that he happens to be Jewish is, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't speak because I don't, you know. It doesn't matter to me what religion anybody is. But the point is, if the character is acknowledged of being Jewish, then do you have to have a... Like, if, if someone's a Protestant and they play a Catholic, is that a problem then? You know, I don't know. I don't, you know. Right, well, look at... Oh, I, don't, I don't want to go down that, that role. I'm not trying to pick, you know, pick a argument here. It's just a... I think, I mean, this is me talking and I'm not trying to piss anyone off, but in, when it comes to race, okay, I, I, I see where you're coming from in that, you know, maybe black characters should be played by black actors or Asian characters be played by Asian actors. I don't have a problem with that. And in fact, right. there are so many white characters that from comics, because for the longest time, they're almost all white. I, most of the time, I don't have a problem too when they switch, you know, uh, the ethnicity. Like Heimdall being black in Thor didn't bother me at all. Works for me. Of course, yeah, right. It was fine. Right. Um, I mean, Thor black people would have been, whoa. I mean, I, I get that it gets a little touchy that, you know, Jewish is a religion, but also an ethnicity in ways. So it is. But, no, it is completely right. So it's like, a race. Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil, is right. he a Catholic? Because Daredevil is a devout Catholic, right? Right. I don't know. So I have no idea. That's where, you know, you start splitting hair. So, again, I can't speak to it because I'm not Jewish. It doesn't speak to me. So I don't know. Maybe it's a fair quibble. Well, I think he's got good acting chops. I think he's going to be 
I think he'll bring something to the role for sure. I don't, you know, I don't know. The, I'm interested. I'm not, I'm probably not going to run out and buy a comic, but I'll definitely watch the first video or first show of it and see what the, if it captures my, I, I'm not particularly, I don't, I'm not, not particularly gravitated towards the, his costume. You know, it just looks weird to me. He's a Batman ripoff. hundred percent. Well, yeah, but I mean, even, but it's just not cool looking. Well, see, that's one of the things that drew me. I love his costume. Well, it doesn't make sense. It's all white. Right. You don't run around all in white at night and be a superhero. Right. You can't hide. Yeah, it just looks like, um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Look, it's, it's maybe it's the hood. It's just like this, I don't know. Oh, I love the hood. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> I mean, you like the character. That's fine. It's good. It's like Assassin's Creed or something. Yes, but this predates Assassin's Creed by like 30 years. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. But I'd be interested to see what they do because Marvel tends to do some really nice stuff when they bring costumes to screen. It's not quite, you can't do the same thing as the comic book, you know? Correct. Um, I fully expect it to be more like a kind of like a leather armor, more like what they did with Captain America. Right. Like a leather or composite armor. And then a cloak over that. Right. That's what I suspect. But we'll right. see. Cool. Cool, cool. All right, what's next on the agenda? You have some uh, Battlestar Galactica movie news? Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I put this out here. I, I'm noting it because it was announced. I don't give a shit. So, <laughs> well, here's the deal. I love Battlestar Galactica in the 70s. Right? Glenn A. Larson. Fantastic. Go back and watch it now. It's fucking terrible. But it's really bad. It holds a it holds a dear place in my heart. It's you're a kid, you don't care. You just right. want fun. Watch it now. Freaking awful. But the rebooted series in two thousand three, phenomenal. Okay? Loved it. Um, I'll say it's good. I won't say phenomenal. I'm watch I'm on season two now. Um I feel like it's more soap opera than anything else. But you're wrong. It's phenomenal. <laughs> okay. it's, it's good. Not phenomenal yet. Um, well, it, it, if you don't think it's phenomenal by now, you're not going to. That's all I got to say. Well, I don't know. I, there, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a soap opera. Yeah. Which most serial shows are. That's, that's the whole point. Serial soap opera, same thing. I mean, that's, that's it. It's just a little too... You know, oh, she's cured of cancer now. Okay. I would rather her die. Like, oh. Well, I mean, there's no ground. Like, okay, there's, it's it's the main problem with a lot of shows that <clears throat> Game of Thrones is cured. Sometimes you got to lose people, and it makes the show heavier. I agree. I agree. Um, well, so the reason I bring this up. So they did the Glenn A. Larson show. They did the reboot. I love the reboot. <laughs> We already know they're doing another show of some sort. Apparently, it's right. not another reboot. It's going to take place somewhere in the universe of the reboot that they did on sci-fi. But now, they're announcing a movie. Now, the movie rights... See, Universal retained the TV rights, but somehow Glenn A. Larson or something owned the movie rights still. I don't know how they got that deal. So... 
Brian Singer's production team has been trying to get a movie made for like 10, 15 years now. So it's the same characters, but it's a film. It's going to have nothing to do with anything else that has ever existed. So who wants this? Nobody wants this. Right. But what if it ends up being really good? That's the thing. I don't know. I guess. He, but he, okay, so Ky, Simon uh, Simon Kinberg's writing it, right? I don't know who that is. So, uh, well, he just wrote and directed the total shitstorm that was Dark Phoenix. No, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I did see that. That was bad. Which I'm sorry. He he already had his chance at Phoenix in X Men Three, and that movie is not that great. And then he had a, he had a chance to redo. And gives us this Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, how many, how many people are in that pie? I wonder. You know, how many people? True, true, true. But I don't have a lot of faith. So, <laughs> my his name might as well be Damon Lindelof. Well, yes, Watchmen's amazing. You say blah blah blah. You didn't watch it. Still. I have. I know. I I haven't. Yeah, you need to. Nah, I'll get to it. So anyway, they're going to make a BSG movie that no one wants to see, written by Simon Kinberg. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, let's see. If it's really good, then it may throw the whole thing in a tailspin because they're going to have to rethink the... If they pull people in, right? Is it still... So it's nothing to do with Paramount then? It's all Universal? Owns the rights to the movie? Is that what you're saying? I think well. I think Universal NBC definitely has rights to the TV shows. I don't know who has rights to the movie. I didn't look that up. I, like I said, I think Glenn A. Larson retained rights to a film version because right. they technically released Battlestar Galactica as a as a film first, right? Which was actually just the pilot, an extended pilot. But right, blah 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 blah. It, right, it could be amazing. I might end up eating my words. I've been trying to make this for like 10, 15 years already. I'm not holding my breath. Right. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, and some quick hits for Star Wars. There's a brand new book out called The Star Wars Book. And I think people would be really interested in this book. It's written by um, Pablo Hidalgo. If anybody knows who he is, he is has been, I think, over the last 20 years, kind of the guy who keeps all the canon together of Star Wars, of what's going on here and all this, and pre and post um, Disney, right? So he's trying to pull all that together. And it's co-written with uh, a guy named Cole Horton and another guy named Dan Zare, who, Dan, if anybody who listens to other podcasts, he is the um, host and creator of Coffee with Kenobi, which is a podcast I listen to that I like. Um, it's a little different than other podcasts. He's a really positive guy and um, it's a good show. But anyways, this this book, what interests me is it's a, a comprehensive, hard co- it's a hardcover book, but it's a comprehensive knowledge base of Star Wars. And it has timelines and it has, and it's, you know, every character, it's like an encyclopedia. Yes, you can find all this on the web and it's, you know, we know the internet has everything, but um it's just got some really cool stuff in it. It's uh, um, let's see right now it's on Amazon for 22 50 for a hard cover. Um, 
but uh, I think I'll, it's a great for someone who is a Star Wars fan in your family and Christmas is coming and we can't go anywhere. So you might as well sit inside and read a book. So. Sounds interesting. It's worth it. It's good. It just has a roadmap of like all the timelines and where things fit in. And um, it's cool. If you go to, if you listen to, if you go to um, Coffee with Kenobi, you can hear the author and, and them talk about the book. So. I listened sure. to that today, and I think it's uh, it's uh, worth uh, a look. See, so go check that out. How many um, Star po- How many Star Wars podcasts do you listen to? Um, that's maybe three. Many. That's too many. Maybe three. You took you that yeah. long. That's too many. <laughs> no, I, well, the ones I listen to most of the time, like three of them. Uh, one I listen to religiously, and that's um, uh, now my head is Rebel Force Radio. I just like those guys. They're they're. They're, they both came from radio. They they their production is good and their personalities are good. And I laugh and um, you know I like the show. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, and other bits of news for Star Wars as we keep moving on is um, if anybody's not familiar with every Monday is going to be Mando Mondays for Star Wars and you can order any kind of products that they release so if you go to starwars.com and look and go there right now you can see what is out there so you have like various action figures and things that have been let go they have apparel um all sorts of stuff and if you go to their youtube channel you can watch uh the, kind of the unboxing of all these things with pedro pascal and giancarlo esposito and um carl weathers opening up their their characters and it's really funny that's pretty um, cool it is cool it's 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 actually really fun it's like a um I think it's damn near 35 minutes, 40 minutes. It's an actual show. It's like longer than the original first episode of The Mandalorian, which I think was 22 minutes. So, <laughs> um, hey, I just went to StarWars.com, and you know what they have? A countdown. Nine hours, 46 minutes, and 48 seconds is when it's going to be released. So what does that mean? That means five in the morning, yeah? I am not watching it at five in the morning. You're going to watch it at 5 in the morning, aren't you? Uh, the dog gets me up. But I'm supposed to watch it with some with, with uh, a friend over the weekend, so over over interweb, so we'll see. You're totally watching it tomorrow morning. I will not uh, answer that question. <laughs> I will probably watch it at lunch tomorrow. Right. Wait, no, she wants to watch it with me. We will be watching it tomorrow night. There you go. So there you go. In eight hours, or nine hours, 46 minutes. Exactly. So all that checking, I could have just went to StarWars.com. Duh. That's how smart I am. Um, all right. Geek this week. Uh, my geek this week, I'm going to jump ahead, Michael, and then you can tell us about your stuff. I did watch uh, most of second season of BSG. Um, so there you go. That's why I say it's, it's okay. Not perfect. It's got problems, but you know. How um, far are you into season two? I think um, 14, episode 14. Okay. So you've met the there's Admiral, 20, right? there's, there's 20 episodes. What's that? You've met the Admiral then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good character. I um, love her. I absolutely love that actress too. 
Well, I liked the episode the way they were going to kill each other in a way. Send their, they sent their people yes. <laughs> to kill to kill um, Adama and, and Adama sent Starbuck to kill her. That was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, I just like the, 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 there's a lot of conveniences in this show. And I think that's what's bugging me. It's it's just, you know, how how really important is the president? Other than it's, um, what's her name? McDowell, McDowell, Mary, uh, what's the actress's name that plays her? Mary McDonald. Okay. Yeah, Mary McDonald. Like, she'd be a great character to kill off. She's got gravitas, but like, no, let's have the new child of Cylon slash human have this interesting blood that just cleans out cancer. That's great. Where, what year does this take place, Battlestar Galactica? Do you know? It takes place in the time before. What? What <laughs> year? Uh, I can't answer that. Okay. Well, it's way in the future, yeah? I can't answer that. You're going to have to watch the series, Joe. All right. Well, they have technology that we don't have, but clearly cancer is not something that ever went away is what I'm saying. Like we, they've made no strides to get better. I don't know. The, 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 you know what I'm saying? Is that, am I making sense to you? Maybe it's incurable. Maybe it's one of those things you just can't cure. That's fine, but it feels like they didn't do anything different. Anyways, there was no new meds or whatever until this thing. And then, oh my gosh, she's going to die. Like the episode that she's going to die, that's the one they find the baby thing. Like, ah, I don't know. Oh, that that kind of shit bothers I'll me. You, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's like, why don't they just find out and then like, hey, she has it. Let's just cure her before she gets real sick. Like that would have been even smarter. Like, no, let's let's build the drama up till she's like maybe within 20 minutes of dying. And then like, and then you've got that character, the doctor guy who was basically Dr. Smith and I can't stand him. Um, I love the doctor, the smoking doctor. Come on. Uh, I, I, I just can't get past the stupid ghost thing in his head and, the, and I just, it's just tiring. It's tiring. Oh, you're talking about Baltar? Baltar, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the doctor. The no, not the old man doctor. doctor no, that no. smokes. <laughs> I love him. No, not the guy that they found like from Archie Bunker's neighborhood or whatever. <laughs> not him. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's the best. Yeah. Anyways, I'll finish it. I mean, I'll finish the series and maybe it'll get better. But you know, I think there needs to be some consequences soon, or I'm not. You know, why watch the show? Like, yeah. Yeah, like in Dune, there's consequences in Dune. People there are. Die. You know, we'll, we'll get to that, but it, but it makes the story holy shit. It's much better. You know, you just there's there's real shit to it. Um, anyways, they better not kill the child in Mandalorian. I don't want it to be that heavy. Oh. Um. So yeah, that's my uh, geeks this week. And what else? Anything else that I do? Well, Discovery. We could talk about that in our main topic. So. There you go. You're geeks. My geek this week. I think I mentioned uh, during the Prime Day, I bought a Fire HD 10. Yep. Which surprisingly, I have to admit, so I I do have an older tablet, old uh, Samsung uh, 10.1, Note 10.1, 2014. The uh, the Amazon HD 10 is actually heavier than that. Not a lot. Well, dude, you got it cheap. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is that you pay? You get what you pay for, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's a ten inch tablet. No, it's not super thin, and yeah, it weighs a little bit. I'm okay with that. 
So I bought it, I think, as I said, as a media device. That's predominantly what I'm using it for. Yep. I use it for streaming shows while I'm in bed. But my big thing is comics. Well, I did not realize how many digital comics I've bought over the last <laughs> 10 years. You digital That's, hoarder and you forgot. Seriously. Like, they go on sale for super cheap. And I was like, you know what? I got to have it. Like, Watchmen. I have it in trade. but I, I, did, I, I have it digitally as well. But I think years ago, I bought it for like two bucks for the trade, right? Right. Super stupid stuff like that. There's stuff I didn't realize I owned. Like the Long Halloween, a Batman graphic novel, I own that as well. But like when I say I own it, I have the physical copy. But again, it was so cheap, I couldn't say no. Right. And I kept thinking, because I have the other tablet. Which so what do, you, what do you watch your digital comics in? What soft, What is the software? Is it just Kindle? Kindle. Got it. So that's the thing. Sometimes Comixology will have a sale, and sometimes Amazon will have the sale, and sometimes it's a sale price on both. But well, anything what, you what, buy Comixology automatically right. shows up in your Kindle library too. Got it. Well, the thing is, you know, I have a, a iPad Mini. Okay. Um, which I've had for a while, and I, you know, I have that, but um, you can't buy it straight off. You have to go to the website to buy it digitally because of the Apple 30% uh, tax they put on what if you buy it through the app. So you can't buy the comics actually on the device. Oh, that's but obviously, well, yeah, but that's a deal. Um, that's the way it works with, you know, the app store. So, so yeah, I bought gobs, like literally dozens maybe close to hundreds of comics. Let's example. I think I have 10 volumes of star Wars legacy, which takes place 125 years after, um, Jedi, which is all now part of the legend stuff. It's no longer Canon. Right. But like stuff like that, like I bought thinking, Oh, I'll read it someday. Well, some days here. So <laughs> won't go too much into it, but I'm loving it. The first thing I did was read reread All Star Superman, the twelve issue. So I don't know what that's about. You can you can talk about it if you want. Well, real quick. Um, so about fifteen years ago now, twenty years ago, Marvel created the Ultimate Universe. Are you familiar with that? Not really. I won't get into it super much, but the the gist was. They were trying to get new readers into comics. And they're like, you know what? Spider-Man's been around since the 60s. Same with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. We're going to create a new universe called the Ultimate Universe with new up-to-date, like if Spider-Man came out today, if the X-Men came out today. And they did that. So it was actually a different Marvel Universe without the decades and decades of continuity. So you didn't have to worry about all that stuff. You didn't have to worry about, oh, you had Spider-Man do this, but in issue 47, he did this, so therefore, blah, blah. You didn't have that as much. Right. It went really well. So eventually DC is like, Marvel's making some money here. So they were going to do something very similar called their All-Star Universe, but it didn't actually come to fruition. They only ended up releasing two two titles. The first one was Superman, All-Star Superman. So it's a Superman story, kind of like it happens now, but completely outside of all the other continuity. It's just, they got a great writer and a great artist. Tell your 12 issues of Superman story, and that's it. That's cool. 
So you don't have to worry. You don't have to know anything about Superman. You don't have to know any of his backstory. I mean, and they... It's take, just a story. Right. And they don't even... Thankfully, they don't go through the origin again. They literally tell Superman's story in four panels on the first page. Because everyone knows the story already, right? Yeah, there's no reason to do it anymore. Kind of like how Marvel did with, with Spider-Man uh, in the MCU. They don't need to retell his origin again. Same thing with Superman. So it's just 12 issues of a fantastic Superman story. It starts, it ends, it's complete. And it's cool. fantastic. That's cool. I'll check that out. I, you know what? You, you brought something up. You brought up Spider-Man. And real quick, I just I did hear that um, uh, Tom Holland's actually upset that the other two Spider-Men might be in the movie. Really? Like he hasn't had it. Well, he hasn't. From what I read, like he hasn't had a chance to actually be Spider-Man as Spider-Man because he always had either Tony Stark or, you know, he had. Um, uh, what's his name? Samuel Jackson. Um Nick Fury. Character. Yeah, Nick Fury in the other one. And he just wants to be, wants a Spider-Man movie. You know what I mean? His own. Um, That's fair. That's fair. He, I get and, that. And he's already been, he's tired of the comparisons of, you know, who's the best Spider-Man. And now with all three of them, like really, how old is Tobey Maguire? Like, you know, I guess you can play. It depends on the universe thing. And there's talk about, you know, um, that each one of those can have another spinoff trilogy again. So that you could have three different Spider-Man movies again. Like Sony's trying to, they're doing this to see if they can broaden the Spider-Man universe, right? And, you know, yet no talk of Miles Morales. It's like, what are you doing? You're going to keep that just to, to animation, which would suck because I'd love to see a, a Miles Morales. Um, so would I. And awesome. this is the, seems like this is the time to introduce him, not, I don't know. Anyways, that's a, that's a wormhole, which, you know. A wormhole is a nice way to kind of segue into to Dune if we wanted to <laughs> get that, do that first. We can do that. Yeah, why don't we do that? Why don't we get into our, our book club stuff? So we're almost, well, I guess technically at the end of this, we are about halfway through. And I don't know about you, but I thought the, the book is getting better as it goes for me anyways. Um, a lot of stuff's going on. You've got, um, so boy, I, I, I never really know how to attack it. You take notes, but I don't really know how attack to attack a book club because I never really ran a book club or anything like that before. Um, but what got me the most is that, okay, we, this whole time you're reading these stanzas or something before the chapters. Yep. Right. And it's a lot always, of the, yeah. Yeah. Which is the book of Muabdin, right? How do you say it? Muabdib. Yeah. Muabdib. Right. Well, who's that? Well, now we know who that is. You know, right. yep. And what that does tell me, though, um, is that well, clearly Paul does not going to die. So now I have no fears when something bad's happening. You know what I mean? It's kind of like James Bond. <laughs> you know, he's not really going to die. So now other people are around him, um, but now when it's 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 as read by Princess. I Uralon or something like that. I, you know, I'm so bad with saying these names. Um, which tells me that he's actually going to be like, probably going to be emperor, as he says in this. That uh, you know, he he gave his plan to Gurney. God, I can't. I'm, I should take notes like you do. <laughs> You're doing um, fine. But um, 
So that must be his daughter, the princess, you're, you're, whatever. So he's going to have a family. Um, and, and I'm guessing he, you know, the, uh, uh, Her- Herbert, Her- Herbert, Her- is Herbert. His name? Herbert. Uh, yeah, he wants, he wants us to know that, right? Otherwise he wouldn't put that there. Right. Well, okay. First off, I don't want to spoil anything for you because I'm pretty sure. Never mind. Oh. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Okay. Then don't say it. But I think it's, well, I think I figured it out. I mean, because <laughs> he told us. Why would he have all these, the books? He's, he's, he's almost like, it's interesting because it, 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 there's a lot of Buddhism in this in a weird way, right? Because he be, he's like the path of Buddha because there was no, I don't know. I'm reading into that too, but maybe I'm just because I'm reading both kind of things at the same time that I see some. Um, no, you're not completely off. I mean, part of Buddhism yeah. is being in the now. And right. part of that, you know, Bene Gesserit training is, right. you know, controlling your breathing, being aware of your senses, being basically it's about being in the now as much as possible. Right. Now it's taken to the nth degree because it's a sci-fi book. I mean, where scenes where, he enters a room with, you know, Kynes or Keens or whatever. Keen, right. And realizes that behind the uh, filing cabinet is an escape passage because he can feel the air going that way. Right. Right. So it, it takes that, you know, Buddhist aspect of living in the now and, again, takes it to the nth degree. So I don't think you're off base by noting that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just think that... Um well, that you know, he can feel that escape. That that escape area is pretty important in this part of the book, right? Because right. that's how they escape from um, the not the Duke, the um, Baron, Baron, Baron Harkonnen. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's also some discoveries here that is important, right? Um, we find out that uh, Jessica is part Harkonnen, which makes Paul part, right? Yeah, don't we find out that technically uh, the Baron is his granddad? Yes. Yes. So, so there's, a, there's a lot going on. Well, I think this plays into also kind of like what you said before, very Game of Thrones-esque. Which, oh my gosh, yeah. But it's really any royal family-esque because royal families are all about, I don't want to say incest, but there's a lot of inbreeding, right? Well, it's Not, bloodline. Right, so exactly, so bloodlines. So you see that in any kind of royal book. So the fact that he is the grandson of the Baron, yeah, it fits now that you think of it. Right, right. So that's another aspect of the story of the book. Like basically it's earthly problems set in that time period or whatever this is, it's a new setting. It's very, it's almost Shakespeare-like. It's, you know, it, it draws on a lot of things and I'm, I'm really digging in the book. The book's kicking in um, a lot for me, but it, it I don't know. Um, I just feel like I'm missing something all the time. Like I should be knowing more, but I don't know. What do you think you're missing? I don't know. I think I'm like, it's not space adventure and I, I can't get that out of my head. It's not space adventure. No, not really. I would. Well, I would. I would say that'd be fine with calling this space fantasy. Well, sure. No, I guess yes. The whole book is a space adventure, space fantasy. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like. Uh, 
um, what I thought it was going to feel like. And I can't stop getting that out of my head. It's my fault. I'm not letting it be what it is. Gotcha. See, I, like I said, I've already been tainted in that I saw the movie in the eighties. So I've actually been surprised that certain things have not happened how I expected them. The beginning of the book is very much like the movie, but there's been a lot of diversions since since then. So that's awesome for me. But typically when I read sci-fi, I read a lot of martial sci-fi. So for Mm -hmm. me, this is different because usually all I read about are guys in armor and cool guns and killing aliens and jumping on a ship and doing it again. Right. So, which is fine. It's not particularly deep always, but that seems to be what I gravitate towards. So I like that this one is a bit more nuanced. Yeah. I, no, I love the story. I'm digging it. But, I'm, much, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it way more than I thought I would. But I've also tried to read another space fantasy book recently. Uh, within the last year, I tried to read this book that got all kinds of hype called Gideon the Ninth. And I'm like a third of the way through it. And I just, it's, it's a slog. I, I got the book out of the library. I couldn't finish it. I sent it back. And then it went on sale a couple months later on, on Kindle and I bought it thinking, Oh, I'll finish it now. And I still haven't finished it. So, and the reason I bring that up is I think I mentioned, I don't like fantasy, right? It's probably, it's, Oh, I haven't read Lord of the Rings and all that and blah, blah, blah. Typically, this I don't is like very, This is very similar, my friend. So that's – so I don't know. Maybe I just don't like bad fantasy because I haven't read Lord of the Rings, which I know is supposed to be fantastic. It, it, it's not bad or a fan. Like I'm, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is. What I'm trying to say is typically, for whatever reason, like fantasy just doesn't do it for me. But I'm digging yeah, it's that. Not, it's not like Narn, um, uh, Shannara. <laughs> it's not like that thing. Lord of the Rings, just so you know. Well, the, thing, the funny thing is, I, as I say that, I'm also a huge fan of the Dragonlance Chronicles, which were <laughs> fantasy with dragons and whatnot. Right. So right. all I'm trying to say is Gideon the Ninth, sci-fi fantasy, sci-fi fantasy, not into it. This, I'm into it. And it's interesting that here we are, 400 pages into the book. I think I mentioned this last week. By this point, many other sci-fi books have are done. Are done. We we've literally gotten to the point at this stage of the book, four hundred eleven pages in. Yes, there's been a skirmish. We know the Harkonnens yeah. came in and they kicked ass. And so, one thing I thought interesting is they really didn't focus a lot on the fighting. It just like it happened. No, it was yep. lost. Yep. Well, Where, they had the cool technology, like you know, uh, where Duncan Idaho had set set up that kind of trap thing with their yes. the shield. I can't hear all the names. Yeah. And it, you know, kind of blew up. Now, before I have have a couple questions for you, but before this is the first one, the last we heard, um, so they were escaping and Duncan, Duncan, Idaho, they closed the door. We think he's dead. And according to, to, um, Kynes, right. Yep. Is it kind? Yeah. He says, Duncan's Duncan, Idaho's dead. Go, you know, basically get away. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess you'll, I don't want you to answer it, but I guess basically, is he really dead? <laughs> oh, I can't um, answer because I don't know. Okay. I mean, yes, I saw the movie, but I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember if he lived and died or died in the movie. Like I said, I saw the movie in the 80s. So right. I, mem- I remember the main story beats, but I don't remember all the characters. So I can't spoil that one even if I wanted. Okay. Well, I mean, if, 
if so, that's another character. Like, there's two characters that I like already that are dead. Oh, one was the Duke, right? Yeah. The, the Duke was good, but he, he had very much a very... I don't want to say Macbeth quality about him, but kind of. Of course. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean, that. but he wasn't... I thought he was going to tell us to be a real asshole, but he wasn't. No, he's a pretty good guy. Yeah. So I think that's why I liked him, because didn't, he didn't do the typical, you know, asshole father kind of thing. Anyways. Um, so what do you think? My second question to you is, what do you think is the most important part of this, the last 100 pages? Um, I think the most important part is Paul kind of starting to become who he's going to end up. Yeah. Because you, you definitely see the shift where he's using his powers more, or you know, the training, I should say, not his powers, the training right. his mother has put him through, but also coupling that with uh, the, I don't want to say aristocracy, that's not the way word, but kind of like the nobility, and by nobility I don't mean you know royalty, but the ability to be noble that his father instilled in him. Those right. two things are coming together nicely. And it's definitely kind of like um almost like a messiah saga now. I mean you kind of well, get that he's going he is the chosen one in some way, shape, or form. So I am gonna throw this at you. Um because then I was reading it, you know, it's basically when he when he names himself, right? He he becomes stronger, or at least decidedly where his path is gonna go, so to speak. And you follow him and he has, you know, he's still 15, right? Yes. At this point, like he hasn't like this whole 400 pages, not that much has really, really happened. A lot of talking has happened, but not a lot has actually happened. Like I can see this first 400 pages being, I don't know, 45 minutes. Yeah. Right. In the movie. Yeah. When you, when you break it down. Um, or it could be the whole movie. I don't know if they're doing the movie in, in three or four bits or not. Anyways, now he's becoming pretty powerful pretty quickly, right? Oh, yeah. From, right? So now part of that seems to be the spice, too. They're out in the desert, so sure. he's, you know, ingesting a lot of that spice. Right, which is we know that once you have it infected, you're you're you have to have it, right? That that's a big thing. That's the the Baron knows this, and you know, he they, they you you become addicted, right? Basically, you can't let it leave your body. My point is though, he's becoming powerful pretty quickly. Yes, the spice and all that, and I feel like he's going to get a pass. But does that mean is that different than Ray from Star Wars? How so? Well, I think Ray got a lot of criticism for being very powerful at the end of Force Awakens. Like, oh, she got to learn, you know, she was, no way, she shouldn't be that powerful at the end. I don't know. It just kind of hit me. as like, well, why is it okay for this guy, but not the Ray character in my mind? Like, was I upset with Ray's parents? Because I was one of the things like, boy, she really learned a lot <laughs> in, in a short amount of time. She knew how to do the Jedi mind trick. Like, how did she even know what that was? You know what I mean? Um, right. Well, she had been on her own for a while, so maybe because she was so inherently uh, good with the Force, perhaps she had already been using those things and not completely realizing she had been doing it. You know right, I mean? or having 
you know, Kylo Ren open up her mind and go back and forth, open something up as well. The point, right. you know, um, but, but that, I just had that quick comparison when I was reading the book, like, well, yeah, okay. I don't think anybody would say anything about this kid getting powerful quickly, but. Well, but, you know, funny you say that because that is something I thought. I was like, all right, I realize we're 400 pages into this book, but, you know, we went from this 15-year-old kid mm-hmm. that is seems pretty wise beyond his years. I get that. But also, he seems to be jumping ahead in his, you know, in his power level or whatever pretty quickly. So, personally, I thought he seemed to be jumping ahead a bit too fast. Right. So, right. Like, like telling his mother what to do really quickly. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I did find it interesting too. You have to remember though, this book was written in the sixties too. Right. So quickly, like her mother, his mother kind of like became subservient. Like, Oh, he's, he's the Lord now. Right. Right. I'm still just a concubine. Right. I'm like, yeah, but you're still his mother. Right. He's. Yeah. There was the respect to that part of it. Right. Right. But he has he has animosity towards her for not being truthful, though. Yes, which so, I, I can believe that. I mean, what sure. teenagers are dicks, <laughs> <laughs> right? But at the same time, he gave up his loyalty to Kynes, right? Mm-hmm. I would die for him now, and then Kynes kind of gave his loyalty back because of that, because that that was the conversation they had. But, uh, um. Which I guess is, you know, he's very, yeah, noble is probably the best way you, you could put it, the way you said it. He's noble, but he's, he's genuine. He's, but he's, he's, he's also crafty, but he's, he's genuine in his craftiness, if that makes sense. I mean, yep. yes, he needs an alliance with Kynes and the Fremen, but also. For sure, the Fremen are the strongest, right? Right. And, okay, I did like that. So. Yeah talking well let me put a pin in that but you know um he obviously needs an alliance he can't do it all by himself so saying that to kinds it's shrewd but it's also genuine he really does right kinds but going back to that the fremen thing i mean we, we've heard now the first you know two three hundred pages how badass the sadukar are and right. how everyone fears him and then the fremen just dispatch him like nothing like nothing. And the Baron doesn't believe it, right? And his, his nephew's trying to tell him. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that was pretty awesome. So you can see that the, where the Baron's going to fail, his his uh, overconfidence, obviously, yep. is his his failure. But uh, it's interesting. So, yeah, it's going to get – now, so we're – like I said, we're halfway there. Is the movie the entire book, do we know? I don't know about the new movie. I think it is. I know that is the it? David Lynch movie was. Okay, well, I was just curious if the new um, Dune movie was actually two parts or... I haven't heard that they've split it at all. I believe it's just all one. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, there's... I mean, there's, um, you know, a lot of people... I, I I thought I, I thought uh, one of our one of my friends said that he he caught up to where we are in the book and he thought that was where the movie was going to end was maybe caught really? you know right where, where, yeah so I don't um, oh wait a minute you're right so I'm reading on the Wikipedia right now uh, 
Villanueva, how do I say his name? Villeneuve explained in March 2018 that his adaptation will be split into two films, with the first installment scheduled to begin production in 2019. Oh, so it, it is will two be films. two movies. It will be two films. Okay. Well, I stand corrected. So, which is interesting. So, are they going to end it where? So, you got Paul and Jessica out, lost. Um, in in the desert, right? Yep. So is that where you end it? I mean, is that where you? I don't know where you. I don't end know. It. That's because where. Book one is not a good place to stop. No, it's got to be like well, I don't know what happens in the middle of book two, like um, because it's it's in three chapters. I assume it's going to be written in a way where like at the end of book two, he's going to be in a situation that looks like he can't get out of it. But that's where he's in right now as well. Right. The only thing I can think of is if they kind of take a little bit of artistic license mm-hmm. and they really expand the battles. Because let's face it, the battle is just kind of rough. It's like it happened. They're going to have to expand those, right? Because that's, right. that's going to give people reason for kids to buy spaceships and shit. Right. And let's think about it. if If you expand the battles and make the last half hour a big-ass battle mm-hmm. and then show you know paul and you know his mother get away and then you can get to where in fact you could end it right here still where we just ended right or right around there where they're in the desert trying to find the fremen and it works only if you add more of a climax in the middle of there with the battle if you flesh that out that's the only thing i can see yeah, I feel like they. Uh, if you're gonna end it, you got to end it in a spot where, like, ho- a holy crap moment, where like maybe that's when, you know, they realize that uh, when Paul and Jessica are out there and they realize that they that he lost the um, backpack or whatever, or even maybe just slightly head because we know where they're gonna find the Fremen at some point, right? Right, but they also but they also see a worm, yeah. Yeah, you can end it there where they see this massive worm and like, and, and then cut. Yeah, exactly. Right, kind of like you know smog. At the end of right. the first part of The Hobbit. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> oh, God. I so, haven't seen it. But anyways, it'd be interesting to see where they actually are stopping at. I, 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 you know, so shout out to Chris who sent me that text. You win. You know, that it is a... Uh, Two film thing. I didn't think it was going to be a two film thing. So, kudos to you, Chris, for setting me straight on that. So, so far so good. I hope everybody's um, keeping up with us. I hope you know. Again, if we missed anything, anything else we should talk about on this action? No, I think that covers it. Well, like I said, I'll I'll be posting notes and questions and stuff to social media. So, just like Joe said, if there's something we missed that you want to talk about throw it up there we'll talk about it this is a good book cool all right we got two more topics before we hit the hay here um we're gonna end on mandalorian because that's gonna start in let me see let me check the timer timer says <laughs> timer says nine, nine hours. hours 13 minutes uh that's the timer um so until then i, I we'll get back to the star trek discovery conversation i did see episodes one and two i didn't see the third one which i guess would have come out today just came out today but you watch yeah. one and two. That's all I've seen as well. So my big question for you is: You hate 
standing on the bridge Star Trek. You're, I don't know if hate's maybe too strong, but it bothers you. These first two episodes were definitely not that. What is your thought on season three so far? Pretty good. I, um, I knew that, you know, as soon as they put her by herself for the first episode, I'm like, okay, so the second episode is going to be them by themselves. <laughs> it was like so predictable after I watched the first one. Um, because you don't have that kind of cast and not to use them. So, so far so good, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the Federation's gone, right? There's only the one guy that we met at the end. There might right. be others out there's others out there or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I think again, Michael Burnham's a little too emotional. God, that's a wrong word. Dramatic. A little too dramatic, but um I like the guy that she ran into. He seems pretty cool. Book. So they yep. call him Book. Yep. Um he seems interesting. He's kind of like a Han Solo type guy. I think. Kind of, I don't know if he's a smuggler, but he's he's a he's a scoundrelly good guy at the end, right? That's the, he's definitely a smuggler. I mean, they're called couriers, right? Come yeah, on. yeah. But I mean, he's a smuggler, but but he's a good smuggler because he got this let this animal this whale free, right? At the end, where the hell that thing was? Oh, the weird manatee thing, whatever whale. Yeah, so he's a good guy. He's good at heart. So that's the character there. Right. So scruffy with a golden heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't quite understand. Now you could probably tell me about all the characters that they ran into or species. Are those all new species or they've been in the Star Trek? I know the blue skinned, white haired, they've been around. Andorans, yeah. They've been around for Is, a Okay. Time. I don't know if the other one was. Or, and, and, and I don't like the new guns. <laughs> <laughs> the big circle things, lame. Um, yeah. I just don't like them. They're, like they're bulky. Like no one would want that. Like the herd gun is way better. It's smaller and it does the job. Like why would you carry that fucking lantern with you everywhere you go? It is a bit big, and you think you know with them being nine hundred years advanced from where she was, right? You know, she had a small. You see her. It looks like a gun to us, you know, but it's still pretty small. Sure. You right. think by then it could be just like a. Like a laser pointer, right? That's what it should be at this point. Just laser pointer. Uh, yeah. touch it. Why is it? Yeah, now it's a lantern. Right. It's a fucking gauntlet, right? <laughs> it's like no one's carrying that around. You might, Okay, anyway. I'll, I'll give you that. That's so something I thought of, but okay, I'll give you that. Um, I do like the personal transporters. I was just going to bring that up. But now I was going to ask you, what do you think of that? Is that a good thing for Star Trek? Because now we don't have the, in, the, the, the rooms, right? Well, so here's the thing. So... We saw, you know, a local, a personal transporter in Star Trek Into Darkness, but it literally allowed Khan to go from Earth over to Klingon space, totally negating the entire purpose to have a Starfleet in at all anymore. Right. At least here, the personal transporters seem to be based local, and I say local as to maybe like, the you know, this planet you're on or maybe near it, above it. Right. I'm okay with that. I don't know that you need a transporter room, right? So, personal transporters, I thought they were badass. As long as they don't take you to another planet. Otherwise, then you don't need ships. And why are we doing this? Right, right. It's kind of like, um, what, what's the X-Men character? The uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. You have to see it. Like, you have to know where you're, gonna, you're going or something. Yeah, Nightcrawler has to either see it or know intimately to go there. Right. Yep. Which is cool. So, maybe um, it's more like that. So these two episodes, 
I mean, yeah, I get it. The first episode is all her, so of course the second episode had to be the crew. Makes sense. I'm okay with that. Uh, Giorgio is a fantastic pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm, again, I was surprised at the end of season two that she went into the future with him because she's right. going to be a pain in the ass. But well, she's going to want to turn and rule these people, right? Because it's going to be weaker. She sees them as weaker already. But I think I can already tell you we're going to have an episode where her tenacity. I mean, we saw it already in season two, or not right. season, episode two, where she sort of kicking ass, right? And yep. Saved them. She basically saved their lives. Um. I'm sure we'll see that again where her her way is sometimes the way they have to go just because they're basically – it's like Star Trek on the frontier. And right. when we found out that main character was named Book, I was like, is that an allusion to Firefly? Did you ever watch oh, Firefly? I, I watched a little bit. I was not a – whatever you call the people. Brown coat? Yeah. You know, so – the uh, priest or the shepherd in Firefly, you know, um, he was Shepherd Book. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that was because obviously this is we're seeing. It's not hundred percent like Firefly, obviously, but we're because of the burn, we're kind of seeing you know the frontier is the frontier. Mm-hmm. So right, and he's but he's wearing leather, leathery right, type stuff, right? So you know, so, and his crew are all kind of. Look, you know, similar. Right. So maybe it's a wink and a nudge, or just maybe it's just a complete serendipitous thing. But I will say this. So I've made it clear that I'm not a fan of prequel series. I tried to watch Enterprise years back. I got a couple episodes in. I was just bored. I I don't need to see what happened before the original series. So when the discover when this show was announced, I wasn't interested. Ten years before the original series, not really interested. As you know, I've watched the first two seasons, and I enjoyed them way more than I thought I would. But jumping forward like we have now, it's to borrow from Star Trek, the undiscovered country. It's all about exploration. It's all about the unknown again. It's not, you know, because because the prequel series happens ten years before Star Trek. We knew Spock wasn't going to die, right? Sure. We knew the Enterprise wasn't going to get destroyed. We knew um, what's his Now it's destroyed all the time, so it doesn't right, matter. Right, right. <laughs> but we also knew the captain, Captain, um, oh, come on, I know his name. Captain, um, shoot. The current? Pike. The, Pike. Oh, Pike, yeah. We knew Pike wasn't going to die because he's Enterprise. He's the head of the Enterprise or captain of the Enterprise until Kirk takes over. Right. That said, we're going to get that show next. And as much as I really do enjoy Pike, so I'll be okay that it's a prequel series. But that said. Well, if it's good, if it sucks the first few episodes, we won't be happy. Exactly. But I do like that. And we've jumped ahead again. It's Star Trek that we don't know. It's not continuing off from the next generation line. It's not continuing off from the Kelvin verse. This is completely new Trek. And that's where I always feel Star Trek is best when it's right discovering new worlds. And yeah, you have you have Picard is what um, was it a hundred years after Star Trek? You told me. Uh, so Next Generation started seventy four years. So yeah, if it's been twenty years since Star Trek, yeah, it's about hundred years. 
So, okay, so Picard is now an android. So he could show up here. Oh, boy. What? I don't know if I want that. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to call me out, like saying. No, no, you're you're right. It could happen. We don't know how long androids live. Right. Well, is he an android? He's... His body was made synthetic, but do we know? I mean, he's, he's obviously going to age. So yes, he's cured. He doesn't well, have. It's not. Anymore. It's not Picard anymore. So that, he's a golem. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the point is, you know, they're going to have to find some kind of pieces back to the Federation. So I'm just curious where that could go. So archives or whatever, you know. I haven't seen episode three yet. It just dropped today. Uh, I think there's going to be something there already, just because there's a huge hint. So in Next Generation, one of the seasons ended. It was called Reunification 1. And it ends with Picard on the Romulan homeworld in the caves. And he meets Spock. Like the Spock. Hmm. The next season's opener was reunification too. And the whole, you know, because Spock is, you know, part Vulcan, he lives, he lives to be way older, yada, yada, yada. That's how he could be on next generation. And you find out the whole gist was Spock was working with an underground movement of Romulans who wanted to reunify with their Vulcan brothers. I bring that all up because episode three is called reunification three. Oh, okay. So there's going to be something going on there. That's my guess. I haven't seen it yet, but that's the guess. Well, we can talk about that next week. There we go. Perfect place to segue. Yes. Okay. So we're we're running longer in this episode, and that's fine. But we got to finish with what's going to happen in roughly nine hours and three minutes, and that is the <laughs> Mandalorian season two. Should we just um, keep recording until then? <laughs> yeah. Right. Just live updates. Nine hours. That would, that'd be funny. Um, so we've got eight episodes coming. I don't know the time frames or how long they're going to be. I assume it'll be something like last time, you know, 30 minutes ish. Yep, and we have ish. October 30th, November 6th, November 13th, November 20th, the 27th, the 4th, the 11th and the 18th, not missing a week between now and basically Christmas. Awesome. So that's the schedule. So really quick. Um, what do you want? What do you, what what do you really what do you most want to see in, in season two? What do I want? Mm-hmm. Um, I want more Mandalorians. So I think yeah, we're going to get. Yeah, I think so too. It sounds like they're going to, or at least he's going to look for more of them. Well, right. he's going to be busy. Remember, he's been. Mm-hmm. This is the way he has to go find the homeworld of the child. Everyone calls right. him Baby Yoda. So. I want more Mandalorians, and I want to know where the child came from. There you go. That's what I want. What do you want? I want to see Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. I, and I really want to dive into, and I think we're going to get that into Moff Gideon, and I want to know what that faction is. Is that what's going to become the, I guess, what you would call the um, First Order? You know, is, is it going to start getting into the close to the aftermath series so that you kind of see what's happening and steer towards how we get the first order? Um, and I, I mean, I definitely want to see more Mandos. 
Um, I, I do want to see what they do with Jedi. I want to, I want to start seeing a little more force. I think. I'm okay cool. with not seeing that. Right. I can see why for both. Totally. Because it's, it's about the Mandalorian. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah, it's about the Mandalorian. We, we, we obviously, I mean, obviously the, the child has force sensitive. He's already used the force. It's fine. It's good. I like it like that, but I don't know. This is a much, it's a grittier take. We're more on the underbelly. We're more on the fringes. Um, we already know that I loved Rogue One, and there was very little force in there. I mean, there's the scene where when they're waiting there for the gates to go down. You know, Jin touches the kyber crystal, right? And kind of closes her eyes and is hoping that they can get through. You could say, was she using the force there? What hell? I would say there's there's more use of the force in in Rogue One than there is in Star Wars. The first one. Yeah, I mean, and, you've and got the, you got the, you know, old Guardians of the Will and all that. Yes, I, I get that. No, you, you, you've got Darth Vader that rips the shit out of people. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> Grabbing yes. him at the, yes, <laughs> in know? the last, in the last 30 seconds, yes. But, right, which is more than anything in A New Hope. Oh, yes. So, I guess my point is, I like that the force is not the focus. Every other movie. Yeah, for sure. I don't want it to be a focus, but they're going to have to, if, like, what are they going to find for the child if he's Jedi? Like, are we going to find some hidden Jedi that, you know, are still running that don't need to run anymore? Or are we going to meet with some more great Jedi? Yeah. Pretty we, cool. We, I think we've, we, we, we know we're going to see Ahsoka, right? I think that's pretty much guaranteed at this point. That's what they say. I hope so. And she's obviously gray. I mean, yes. Well, she's not a Jedi. She's a Force user. Okay, but okay, yes, but you know, but that's the term people use—a gray Jedi, which they're not really Jedi because Jedi are good, and Sith are bad. So there's this meat. There's she's a Force user, yes, but then there's also like you know the the Night Witches, which are obviously bad. Uh, just a different, yeah, a sect of this religion of the Force. Right. No different than like Protestants and Catholics, I would assume. I know, but she's. She's not a Jedi, but she still fights for good, right? Yeah, yeah. She's lawful so, good. Right. So all that to say, we might meet some more people in the gray, if you will. And I'm okay with that, but not too much. I, I like what we're seeing right now. I like the underbelly. I like seeing, you know, I like these desperate stormtroopers. They're all muddy and just yeah. clinging to power. Right. You know, I like that. And I... I love Garth, or Garth. I love Garth. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon is, yeah, great character. So, yeah. Oh, man, I'm so excited. So excited. And only nine more hours to go, Joe. I know. I know. So, and that's the big thing I want to see. I, I want to see, um, I want to see areas where it can open up Star Wars more. Like I can see like this character having some kind of show or movie or this other character that could have a show or movie or comic or whatever. You know what I mean? Like let, let the Mandalorian become Iron Man and build this universe again. Like more, like they did with Marvel. 
I'm okay with that because I really think the universe needs to be rebuilt. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, the ultimate would be, right? My ultimate would, would want maybe at the end of season three, if it gets there or four, I want one Luke Skywalker scene. I just do. I don't. Oh, it would be great. Like if he finds the baby Yoda, like maybe he hides him somewhere or something, you know, puts him in Dagobah. Who the fuck knows, you know? I know a great place for you. It's pre-built. It'll fit you. <laughs> we we don't know that Yoda loves Dagobah. He just went there because it was hard to find him. Well, yeah, it was a forest planet that that was hidden in the forest. So it was there for him to 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 hide out. Um, but I think it would be sweet because I think I mean I can imagine if just I don't know. I mean, obviously Luke is a big name now, right? Because it's that's how you get the rest of the stuff the 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 myth of Luke Skywalker. You know, defeat. That's if we watch Last Jedi, he says it all, right? Because I, I was Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? And so he's the hero right now. The world, the, the universe knows him, right? On the fringes, still. Like, will I they know, know him? I mean, the, the, well, I mean, the story's gonna have to permeate at some point. The, the Empire's dead. Well, how do they get killed? I mean, that that's not like a small story, a small question to ask. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's been five years since, the, you know, the mm -hmm. battle there at Endor. To these rim planets, the Empire isn't dead because they're full of stormtroopers. Well, they know. They know the Empire's gone. Empire's gone. They you know these are factions of things, but they know because they want to, you know, these are Empire credits. I can't take those. They say it in the season. They're no good. True. All right. Then, true, true, true. then I'll... So they know it. They, it's not that it's, you know, they know it's gone. They know that they have a better chance of being, you know, criminals and getting away with it now. Right. They know that the institution and the empire is gone. So therefore, right. the so somebody no had asked the question. So somebody's asked the question like, well, how did the empire die? How did the emperor die? Oh, well, Luke Skywalker. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's going to be out there. So I think it would be cool to have something. I don't know. That's me. That's what I want. Telling you what I want from it, all right? So there. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> okay, we are going to talk about episode one next week for sure. We're going to bring this back to Star Wars, and um, I'm super excited because the best Star Wars that's happened in a long time was last year for Mandalorian, and I'm hoping they can do the magic again with with extending the story and not redoing things. So I hope they extend the story. Same here. But you're 100% right. Mandalorian was the best thing to happen to Star Wars last year. For sure. So, okay. That being said, that's the end of this episode. I think we've talked it out enough. We've we've hit our max limit. Not really. We can talk for another eight hours and 53 seconds and 57 seconds. Eight, eight, eight hours, 53 minutes and 54 seconds. <laughs> and we would know exactly what will happen with season two, episode one. So um, if you want to get a hold of us, Michael, how can they do that so they can at least give us some uh, their thoughts on the Dune book? You can find us on social media. That would be Facebook. Uh, we have a group and a page. We have Twitter and also Instagram. So right now, most of the discussion is happening on Instagram and Facebook. Look for the Kybercast. 
Cool. And um, thank you all for listening. You can maybe tell your friends about us and they can find us at like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. Most of them, except still not Amazon for some reason. I don't know what's going on, but you know, there's plenty of other podcast ways to listen to our show. So it'd be really cool if you could share it with your friends or possibly give us a decent rating or anything that would might help. You know, we don't make any money on this show. Um, the only thing that we would like is uh, for other people to hear it. So share it with your friends. And um, until next week, this is the way. We'll see you. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.